Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. So the queen is dead, 90-something years old. What can you say? In a way, it's not sad. It's amazing. A celebration, really, of her life is happening, and that's great. A great, big, long, significant life. People loved her. I never met her. I never even saw her, although I did see Buckingham Palace once when I was in sixth grade. People we know and trust, though, say she was a great woman, and that is Donald Trump. Uh, They had real chemistry, real personal affection for each other. You can see it in the photographs. And actually, when I tell you this backstory, it even makes more sense. So Donald Trump's mother, Mary, came from Scotland, and she was a huge fan of the Queen. When the Queen was coronated back, I guess it was officially in 1953, The big ceremony, this was one of the first events ever carried on live television and broadcast all across the world. It was such a big event. Everybody who had a TV, and not many people did in those days, watched it. It was a multi-day affair, including um, Mrs. Trump and Donald Trump. This is said to be one of his earliest memories at the age of six, watching his mother in that house in Queens, New York, watching this um, amazing event on television. So his mother was a big admirer, and it makes sense that Donald Trump would be as well. And now that she's gone, the president of the United States, the former president of the United States, put out quite a statement. Let's take a look at some pictures as we read it in its entirety. From Truth Social, Melania and I are deeply saddened to learn of the loss of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Together with our family and fellow Americans, we send our sincere condolences to the royal family and the people of the United Kingdom during this time of great grief and sorrow. Queen Elizabeth's historic and remarkable reign left a tremendous legacy of peace and prosperity for Great Britain. Her leadership and enduring diplomacy secured and advanced alliances with the United States and countries around the world. However, she will always be remembered for her faithfulness to her country and her unwavering devotion to her countrymen and women. Melania and I will always cherish our time together with the Queen and will never forget Her Majesty's generous friendship, great wisdom, and wonderful sense of humor. What a grand and beautiful lady she was. There was nobody like her. And he said this about the new king, King Charles. Wow, King Charles III. We no longer say Prince Charles like he had there forever. He says, I've gotten to know him well. He'll be a great and wonderful king. Hmm. But uh, back to the queen. We knew her well. She knew us very well. She knew every president, I think, since Truman. Yeah, here are pictures. Here she is with Harry Truman. She was like, what, 23 years old back then? Next, we have Eisenhower, President Eisenhower. She knew President Kennedy. Um, After Kennedy, I don't think she ever met Lyndon Johnson, but she did get to know the Nixons. 
And after Nixon, oh, there was Gerald Ford. They controversially danced to a Captain and Tennille song that apparently violated all sorts of protocol. Muskrat Love, remember that one? All right, there's Jimmy Carter. Who else? Oh, Ronald Reagan. They went horseback riding together. That was pretty cool. Uh, George H.W. Bush. I think they may have been related or something like that, you know? Uh, Clinton, Bill Clinton. I don't sense a lot of warmth there, do you? Next, uh, these two again. Yeah, royal blood, blue bloods. Uh, and then Barack Obama. Uh, and that brings us to Trump. And I do think just the body language alone, I think this was the most genuine uh, relationship with an American president that she had. The affection was mutual. This was President Trump's toast to her, and he made it very, very personal. In April 1945, newspapers featured a picture of the Queen Mother visiting the woman's branch of the army watching a young woman repair a military truck engine. That young mechanic was the future queen, a great, great woman. Her Majesty inspired her compatriots in that fight to support the troops, defend her homeland, and defeat the enemy at all costs. Isn't that great? And, you know, when he said that, the fact checkers, remember, they're always trying to catch Trump and, oh, he was wrong. He was wrong. Well, he was a thousand percent right. They actually tried to fact check him on this. Uh, He was right. And here's actually a moment, the moment that he was talking about. Taking a driving course at a training center is Princess Elizabeth, second subaltern, ATS. She has been learning to drive and maintain all types of motor vehicles. When the training centre was visited by the King and Queen and Princess Margaret, they found Princess Elizabeth in overalls working on the engine of a Red Cross lorry. watching other girls at work, the king returned and jokingly asked the princess, haven't you got it mended yet? The Princess Elizabeth, honorary second subaltern, ATS, is now a competent mechanic and proud of the fact. Kind of cool, right? Uh, What did the king joke? He joked, have you got it mended yet? Uh, Must have been in the delivery. I don't know, but uh, uh, the Queen, by the way, was more reserved in her toast uh, to Donald Trump, in part because, well, the fake news over in the U.K. were up in arms about uh, Donald Trump, and so were a good chunk of her family. Uh, But still, it looked to me like the feeling was mutual. There was much more warmth there than between the Queen and Joe Biden. Now, Joe Biden broke all kinds of protocol by wearing those silly aviator sunglasses that he thinks he looks good in. He wore them the whole time. You're not supposed to do that for various reasons with the queen. And then he made, I think, totally inappropriate observations about the queen reminding him of his mother. She's not old enough to be your mother, Joe. Listen to this. We had a long talk and she was very generous, very uh, I, I don't think she'd be insulted, but you've met my mother. She reminded me of my mother. In not. terms of the, the look of her and, the, you know, just the generosity. Again, the age difference is not as great, uh, not, not old enough to be uh, the mother. And 
Joe, actually, when he was vice president of the United States, shot his mouth off like crazy to everybody, no control, and actually told a British journalist once that uh, <laughs> his mother so disliked England, she refused to sleep in the bed the queen had slept in. Huh? How's that for a diplomat? Hmm? Hey, if you want to know anything else about the queen, look, this is the one good thing on Netflix in my book. I have watched The Crown. I recommend it. You can binge it. You know, you binge out. And I have watched, I believe, all the seasons, like three seasons. And it's great. Whenever I go to a dinner party, uh, I can hold my own because I've seen The Crown. Guys, it will get you through a lot of conversations uh, with the ladies if, uh, if you find yourself in that position. All right. Next. There's going to be a big funeral, and who's going to be calling the shots as to who goes? The State Department. The State Department is absolutely terrible. It really is. I was reminded uh, this week, I'm reading Jared Kushner's book. This is what he said. He reached out to Henry Kissinger, and Henry Kissinger, who was a Secretary of State himself, you know, Jared was trying to arrange Mitty's peace, and he was largely successful. This is what Kissinger told him about dealing with the State Department. Kissinger warned me to resist efforts to run foreign policy out of the State Department. If the White House loses foreign policy to the State Department, you will never get anything done. You will never get anything. How about that? We have an entire bureaucracy committed to not doing anything. It's pretty wild. But Jared figured that out, and so did President Trump. And one thing, uh, Secretary of State Pompeo is extremely busy. So if you have any question for him right now, could you do that? Because you know what I'd like to do? I'd like him to go back to the State Department or, as they call it, the Deep State Department. You know, my I'd like to have him go back and uh, do his job. So does anybody have any question? Please. The deep State Department, I love it. And he said it out loud. It's amazing. So the queen, rest in peace. Wow. What a life. What a life. Got this. Steve Bannon. I've got mixed feelings about Steve Bannon. I know he's brilliant, but I also heard he was a big time leaker at the White House. But he's a brilliant guy. And I think he's being harassed first by federal prosecutors and now state and local prosecutors. He was arrested today. He's accused of fraud, but quite frankly, I think the prosecutors are frauds. I really do at this point. I don't trust them. We'll see how this plays out. Here he is. And these words, actually, at this moment for Steve, they're quite inspiring, can be for us all. Yeah. For every conservative, this is what happens in the last days of a dying regime. They will never shut me up. They'll have to kill me first. I have not yet begun to fight. Good for him. I have not yet begun to fight. We'll see what happens. Uh, not familiar with the details of the case, but I am familiar with, and we all are at this point, prosecutors gone rogue, a government gone rogue and overboard. Good luck, Steve Bannon. Hey, when we come back, chaos in, well, across the country, but have you ever seen anything like this in Los Angeles? Look at this fire truck. Who has a problem with firefighters? They're always there to put out fires, right, to save people. Look at the reception they're getting in Los Angeles. They're rioting, trying to damage the truck. It gets worse. We'll show you when we come back.
Liberal plus chaos equals Biden. Remember, okay, every letter stands for something that is totally screwed up in Joe Biden's America that needs to be fixed right away. Every letter stands for something. Tonight, we focus on the C in chaos, and that is crime. Have you heard about the latest horror? This time in Memphis, a shooting spree somebody went on, killed four beautiful people, injured several others. Here's what we know so far. Uh, Well, the four dead, three injured, and a portion of this was live streamed on Facebook. You know, they're giving (laughs) they're giving conservatives a hard time on Facebook, yet people can go on a shooting spree on Facebook. The alleged shooter is this guy, uh, Ezekiel Kelly. No relation, by the way. Um, Long time, long record there. Um, It's interesting how little attention there's been on this case. And Yes, in large part, it's because the shooter is a person of color. If you'll notice, Joe Biden only seems to care, only makes it a big deal if the shooter in question, like the the Atlanta spa shootings, is a white person. And then he'll get on Air Force One that time along with Kamala and respond. Uh, More recently, Highland Park outside of Chicago, Joe Biden spoke about it at length on the south lawn of the White House. Again, the shooter was white. He got on Air Force One to go to upstate New York in the aftermath of that horrible shooting in Buffalo. A white shooter, a white shooter. However, when the violence is perpetrated allegedly by a person of color, very little interest from the Democrat administration or the media. Waukesha, Wisconsin. This is almost like it never happened. This man allegedly drove through, well, we know a car drove through and mowed down people at that Christmas parade. We believe, law enforcement believes, that guy is guilty, motivated by black identity extremism. Nobody ever talks about it. Here's another alleged black identity extremist, this individual who opened fire on a New York City subway system, but Again, nobody seems to care. Joe and Kamala, when do they respond? They respond when they can divide this country, further divide this country, and exploit horror for political gain, their political gain. And it's so not what they should be doing. Did you see the fire truck in Los Angeles? Look at this. Who does this? Is this a third world scene or what? You know, when I saw this, it actually reminded me of a third world scene a year ago when we lost in Afghanistan, hanging off the side of that fire truck, just like they were hanging off the side of that C-17 cargo plane. And these people would shortly fall away to their death. I don't know. It was like a deja vu moment. Country is kind of spiraling out of control. And Joe and the rest don't seem to care about it. Oh, real quick on the plane. Remember all the people who were huddled in there? Department of Homeland Security has confirmed what we really already knew, that these people were let in without proper vetting. And as far as information on who these people are, (laughs) the information was inaccurate, incomplete, or totally missing. These are real problems. The country is falling apart. But they're literally throwing parties at the White House on a Wednesday afternoon it was yesterday. For eight years, we grew to be a family for each other and through our highs and our lows. Family from different backgrounds brought together by a shared value set. 
Barack and Michelle, it's my honor to invite you both to the stage for the unveiling of your official portraits. Portraits that are going to hang on the walls of this sacred place, the people's house, forever. And a reminder of all here and now for those to come to power that hope and change matters. Family, give me a break. It was a political alliance of sorts, of some convenience, of some utility for a short period of time. And it actually appears as though they're uh, over each other big time. Barack and Michelle got a portrait yesterday, huh? I I really was confused because we did this already. Remember? They actually... (laughs) What about these paintings? Remember? Uh, this was for the national portrait. How many how many paintings do they get as an ex-president? I guess it's I don't know, but it's it's all a little much. I have a feeling, again, part of the reason why Obama is celebrated, a big chunk of why he was elected is because of identity politics, not who he is, his ability or his character, but the color of his skin. So many people are obsessed with that, especially corporate America, Microsoft. Once a great company, uh, I use pretty much Apple now, take a look at Microsoft. They have a research PhD fellowship, and uh, you can apply, or can you? Next slide, please. Provisions for the award. Tuition and fees will be covered for two academic years. Sounds pretty good for prospective uh, PhD students. $42,000, all right. Who can apply? 50% of the students who identify as part of a community that is underrepresented. Okay, 50% have to be from the following categories. Are you ready? You got to be a a woman, African-American, black, Hispanic, Latinx, whatever that is, Native, it goes on, Alaska Native, all this stuff, all this stuff. Half must be from this category. I don't think this is what made Windows uh, the hottest software program. Do you? Although it's not hot anymore. Maybe this is part of the reason. They're so consumed with nonsense. My name is Allison Wines. I'm a senior program manager in our developer tools division. I'm an Asian and white female with dark brown hair wearing a red sleeveless top. Does that make you feel good? I, why, why would you do that? Why would you talk about those things? It's not what made Microsoft great. You know who made Microsoft great, quite frankly? These guys. Um, they're not the most stylish dudes. I noticed that they're all white men. You got Bill Gates back when he wasn't crazy. I think that's uh, Steve Ballmer, right? Uh, and a lot of other smart guys. And they were, they were selected because they're smart. All right? Lots of smart people out there. Don't look at the externals. Anyway, these guys made Microsoft great. I guess some of them still have influence with the company. Have they lost their minds? Stay with us. Uh, oh, Mayor Pete. Secretary Pete. Oh, they love this guy. He's the secretary of the transportation showing up on the late night show. Why? I'll give you one guess. We'll be right back. If you've had it with the old news and the same spent, well, then Spicer and Company's your place for the inside story and for the facts that you need to know. So the Department of Transportation, as far as federal departments go and cabinet positions go, being the DOT secretary is not such a big deal. It's kind of a backwater. I mean, how many transportation secretaries can you think of right now? Do you know who this guy is? 
uh, or this guy or that guy or this guy there. They've all had the job. They've all had the job. The one that everybody in the fake news is so excited about is this guy. Yeah. Mayor Pete. Oh, he's Secretary Pete. Now, Mayor Pete got the job uh, with no experience whatsoever. I mean, he was the mayor of, what's that place called again? South Bend, a tiny little town in Indiana with no transportation infrastructure other than a couple of streets. And they make him the secretary of transport. And not only that, I mean, he's on all the shows. They do the New York Times magazine thing. He was on the Tonight Show or the Late Show or one of those shows. How is everyone at home? How are they getting on? How did you celebrate this monumental first birthday? Oh, we're doing great. So we have uh, twins, uh, our, our son Joseph, we call him Gus, our daughter Penelope. They just turned one year old. And uh, it's just the best, the best thing in the world. I have a one year old. I don't get invited on the uh, whatever show that guy has. Uh, what happened next? I would really, really love it if you were the president of the United States one day. I think it'd be absolutely brilliant. Very kind. I really would. I've always felt it. I think it would be great. The Secretary of Transportation. Wow, he would love it if this guy were the president of the United... Why? Here's the reason, everybody. He's gay. And why do I say that? Well, just look at all of these articles. I mean, his sexuality, which is his business, it makes no difference to anybody except a bunch of reporters at the New York Times, that late show host... Um, this is what made him a star in the Democrat Party. This got him the cabinet spot. This is why he did pretty good. He beat Biden a couple of times when he ran for president. Talk about white privilege. I'm sorry. Being gay, that made him special. I don't think it makes you special, Pete. It's who you are, but that's fine. I mean, being straight does not make me special. It doesn't... I don't get it. Do you? This is crazy stuff, but... This is the world we live in. I want to say goodbye to the fake news for a moment and go back to the queen. All right. The queen was actually very good friends with Billy Graham. She was so impressed. She would watch his uh, televangelism uh, on TV and they became pen pals and they met several times over the years. And we have a statement from Franklin Graham. Uh, he said that his father, uh, he always appreciated her example of leadership, her life of integrity. Um, let's see, he cherished their friendship that was built on a shared love for Jesus Christ and belief in God's word. My father had the privilege of meeting with the queen more than a dozen times, and she was a gracious host, inviting my parents to visit Buckingham Palace on several occasions. My father said he found Queen Elizabeth to be a woman of rare modesty and character and made a pledge to pray for her and her family every day. He also appreciated how she often talked about Jesus Christ during her public addresses. There was never any question about where she placed her faith. Queen Elizabeth once said, I draw strength from the message of the hope in the Christian gospel. The queen was a friend to my father, but more importantly, she was a true friend of the Christian faith. She will be profoundly missed. Wow. Very, very beautiful. Thank you to Franklin Graham. And we'll be right back. This is what happens in the last days of a dying regime. 
They will never shut me up. They'll have to kill me first. I have not yet begun to fight. Wow. Steve Bannon arrested today in New York City, charged with various counts of uh, fraud. I think this is a trumped up case big time. They're harassing this guy. Let's bring in, though, Joe DeGeneva, former U.S. attorney for Washington, D.C. Welcome back, Joe. I thought this is what he was pardoned for by President Trump. I think it's much ado about nothing. But what do you make of this? Well, I really don't know much about it except to say that it appears to be a continuum of efforts to go after former Trump officials. Uh, this involves a, an alleged fundraising uh, group of activities for money to build the wall along the border. Um, not much has been written about this, so it's very difficult to tell. But apparently the people in New York District Attorney's Office have decided that whatever it is, uh, it's worthy of a criminal prosecution rather than a civil suit. Uh, we'll see uh, whether or not that's justified in the future. So, you know, I I see this list of former Trump associates or present Trump associates in trouble with the law. And the fake news likes to see, oh, you see this, you see the kinds of characters he he's mixed up with. To me, the as that list grows, it actually implicates more the Justice Department than Donald Trump. That list incriminates DOJ. It, I think, certifies that they are now a political organization. Do you know what I mean about that list and how the media characterize it, but what I think it really reveals? Sure, absolutely. Uh, let me just say, this case, uh, by the way, the one we're talking about with Steve Bannon, is involves the district attorney in Manhattan. It's not a DOJ case. But that aside, the, the Department of Justice has decided to investigate just about everybody involved with Donald Trump, uh, whether they were involved officially or unofficially or any conceivable way, whether it involved January 6th, uh, any kind of work they may have done for him, political activities, whatever it is. This is the most sweeping investigation of, a, of another political campaign by a current political campaign in the history of the United States. And it's clear from recent documents released to the court in Florida that the president of the United States, Joe Biden, authorized the denial of the claim of executive privilege by President Trump in the current proceedings in South Florida. So uh, the, the point is this. Your point is well taken. There's an enemies list inside the Department of Justice, and it basically involves anybody who knew or related to Trump or worked with Trump or talked to Trump or prayed with Trump. Hmm. So um, President Trump is objecting to the DOJ appealing the special master. You know, the judge came out. It was a win for the Trump team. The judge said, we need a special master here. Donald Trump just put out this truth social a little while ago. It's a little bit long. Oh, boy, it's a lot long. Let me see if we can go through this. Now the FBI and Biden uh, Department of Justice leakers are going to spend millions of dollars, vast amounts of time and energy to appeal the order of the raid of Mar-a-Lago document hoax by a brilliant and courageous judge whose words of wisdom rang true throughout our nation. Instead of fighting uh, the record-setting corruption, uh, it goes on. I'm going to stop right there. This is going to take a heck of a lot of money. He doesn't like it. I don't like it. Uh, you've got the experience. What do you think? This, First of all, on the ruling, was it a problem? Uh, I think the judge's ruling is perfectly understandable and quite reasonable. 
under the unprecedented circumstances of a search of a former president's home when there was a least there was a lesser intrusive method available to the Justice Department, which is to go forward with a hearing to enforce their subpoena for the documents. So the judge was very sensitive to that, uh, Judge uh, Collins. And I, I think what 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 she did was really quite reasonable. The department, however, uh, really uh, is is trying to fight for its life in this matter. Uh, they were embarrassed by the ruling. Uh, they didn't think the judge would rule in the president, former president's favor. And now they're, they said if they don't get a stay of the proceedings, they're going to go to the uh, 11th Circuit to uh, appeal her ruling. Um, it's a 50-50 chance on that in the Court of Appeals. It really depends on the panel that they draw. When I go through these documents, it looks to me like the prosecutors, and quite frankly, I didn't go to law school. I was never a prosecutor. But the language suggests that they are just committed. They're almost scheming to get him. They want to get him. That's what comes across. It's not measured. It's not logical or methodical. It's no matter what he did, it's wrong, and we're going to get him. Well, there's no doubt about that. I mean, the, the, the Department of Justice under Merrick Garland and the FBI under Christopher Wray have targeted Donald Trump. This is the classic case of targeting. They've decided they're going to, quote, get him, end quote. And they're going to use any methods necessary to do that. Uh, I think that you, what you sense in those pleadings is the commitment of the department to do everything they can to bring down Donald Trump. The fact that they are doing it uh, within a couple of months of a national election, midterm election, uh, shows you the kind of political influence which now holds sway inside the Department of Justice under Merrick Garland. This is a very sad time for the department. I think what they're doing is highly unprofessional, but it's predictable in light of everything they've done in the last two or three years. Remember when uh, President Trump was on the phone with the president of Ukraine? He was reacting to something he saw on TV. You know, Joe Biden was saying he was uh, the big shot in Ukraine. Maybe you should look into that. It was something he saw on TV. He just broached it once. And you see what the Biden Justice Department is doing. And by the way, when it comes to uh, executive privilege, it suggests that they actually had to go to Joe Biden to get permission on that uh, on that matter. Do you know what I mean? Yes, the 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 National Archives uh, inquired of the White House counsel whether or not they should recognize the claim of executive privilege that President Trump uh, was exer exercising. And the White House counsel, after consultation with the president, President Biden, said that the archives should not recognize the claim of executive privilege and denied it. That is a very, very substantial constitutional question, which will be addressed by the 11th Circuit if, they, if the DOJ decides to appeal. And totally undermines uh, when the Biden justice, uh, the Biden White House says we had nothing to do with this whatsoever. Joe DeGeneva, thank you so much. Former U.S. attorney for Washington, D.C. and great patriot. Thank you, sir. We'll be right back. Twenty-one years ago, we came out of the ashes of 9-11 stronger than ever. Now we must once again come together as a nation and defend the freedoms and liberties that we often take for granted. Join us to honor our brothers and sisters who perished on that day and to honor those heroes who come to our rescue each and every day. So get your tickets at the link below, and I hope to see you there.
Carrie Lake, she is amazing. And on Sunday night, September 11th, uh, she'll be joined by Terrence K. Williams, one of our favorites, conservative comedian and actor and author. Terrence, welcome back. How are you, pal? Man, it's always good to be back on this show, my brother. Thank you for having me back. All right, terrific. Hey, did you happen to notice that uh, Joe Biden had Barack Obama at the White House yesterday for yet another portrait unveiling? He's got quite a lot, this guy. What did you make of all that, Terrence? Well, well you know what? Joe, uh, Obama does not need to be at the White House. Joe Biden don't need to be there. Joe Biden don't need to be there. None of them belong uh, belongs in the White House, okay? They do not belong in the White House at all. And that picture was, why, what, what was it for? What is, what is this man, what is it for? What are they celebrating? He didn't do anything. What did he do? It is a great point. <laughs> and he just had one. They have other pictures that are very similar. You know, remember when he was standing in front of the poison ivy or sitting in that floating chair? Oh, that and- was the worst. I mean, that was that picture was horrible. <laughs> uh, but, Greg, what, what is this picture for? What did he do? All he did was lie. And you know what? I, I, Obama lied to all the American people, okay? Listen, Obama fooled people. He told... He promised, he made so many promises. He told the black community he would do this, he would do that. This man has not done anything for the black community. And they're praising him for helping out the black community and for doing so much for America. But I don't remember anything he did. That's the rap on him, actually. And possibly he knew that. He saw polls that he was dipping with black support and helped gin up Black Lives Matter so they could emotionalize an issue and help him retain power. I have a feeling that's where it, uh, that's that's kind you, of how BLM started because he was losing political support with people of color. You know what? They are too busy kissing Barack Obama's butt. They need to be getting to work. Okay, America is in trouble right now. They need to be doing, look, gas is high, inflation is high, food prices are high, everything is high right now. Why are they spending money Oh, 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 why, why are they spending money to make pictures of Barack Obama? We don't have any money to spend. <laughs> and by the way, they did this on a week, a weekend, uh, I'm sorry, a weekday afternoon, a workday. I believe when you saw President Trump at the White House, it was on a Friday night. And actually, we have the we have the moment. We have the moment when uh, he was watching you on social media, big fan. And I think this is an amazing thing to happen to anybody. Uh, but take a look. A man who I met on Twitter, <laughs> or as we would say, social media, he is some piece of work, this guy. I want to just thank you, because I'm a fan of yours also. You're a very successful guy. Say a few words, please. Thank you, President Trump. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we cut off your speech. Do you remember what you said? You know what? It doesn't even matter. I was on stage with the greatest president of all times. So, listen, I don't even care that you cut off my speech. I'm still happy that I was on that stage with President Trump. I mean, this man is a great... Listen, now, this man worked. He worked really hard. Uh, listen, President Trump kept his words. You know, he kept... what. what if he said he was going to do something, he did it. And he was a hard-working man, unlike Joe Biden. Listen, I love talking to President Trump. But he don't talk for too long because he always says, you know what, Terrence, I got to get back to work. I got to get back to work. I I have a country to save. I have people to help. I got. But I can't talk. But I got to cut this conversation short because he's always busy working. And that's you know what? I think Joe Biden should he he should take notes. 
<laughs> hey, Terrence, do me a favor. Uh, your book is remarkable, uh, From the Foster House to the White House, and that's what makes that moment so special. You grew up in foster care, big chunk of your life. Um, and you told me once something about foster kids and the amount of money that's spent and what Americans spend money on. Can you, uh, can you go into that, please? Yeah, you know what? I I'm so happy that uh, Roe versus Wade was overturned. And at the same time, you know, I do believe since it was overturned, more Americans should step up and start fostering and adopting kids. There are over 400,000 foster kids uh, that are homeless. They, they don't have a mother or a father or anything, and they need love from everybody. And, and I mean, we spend so much money raising money. So many Americans spend money raising money to save the dolphins, to save the turtles, to save the whales. Save the whale? I don't even eat whale. What you saving the whale for? You know, we need to save the kids. We need to spend millions and millions of dollars helping out our kids in America. And I we can it. still help the turtles. We can still help the dolphins, the whales. Well, I'll never forget it when you put it that way, spending more money on those kinds of things, dogs. And I love dogs, but then on foster kids. I love kids, dogs, too. It's something to think about. Hey, how's the pancake business doing? Cousin T's is the best pancake in the world. I've actually tried it. Here's what happened. Aunt Jemima, they canceled Aunt Jemima, which was totally crazy. I think we have a, well, here I am digging in. You are Cousin T. You put your own picture on the box. I think it totally works. And uh, boy, I'm kind of really uh, guzzling them down there. Uh, how's the pancake business, sir? The pancake business is doing really, really well. And of course, you know, with council culture, you know, uh, these these leftist woke people are begging me to take my face off the box. You know, somehow it's racist. You know, that's why they removed Aunt Jemima's face and Uncle Ben's face. They said it was racist. It is ridiculous, you know, and, and, I, and I'm constantly under attack, all because I put my face on my pancake box. But I'm not taking it off, and these are some great pancakes. They're gourmet, and they're not racist pancakes. So I don't, <laughs> I don't understand why people keep calling them racist pancakes. They don't taste... Racist to me, they taste like freedom. And people need, <laughs> people need to have a taste of that. It tastes real good. You know what I tried? I tried it without syrup, believe it or not, without wow. syrup. And it actually is even better that way. It's my new thing. If you look closely at this picture, I have no syrup. My wife wouldn't let me. I resisted. But actually, they're better that way. Hey, uh, Cousin T, I mean, Terrence K. Williams, thank you so much. Go to CousinTees.com. And Thank check you. out, if you're in Phoenix on Sunday, that special concert slash performance. Carrie Lake will be there. It should be great. Thank you, sir. Thank you, brother, man. All right. We'll be right back. Look at these scores. Down seven points in math, five points in reading over the past two years with the COVID shutdowns. Uh, this is serious. Numerous studies showing that American students have taken major steps backwards. Thanks a lot, Dr. Fauci. Huh? Who'd have thunk it? Also, remember, never forget what happened to Ashley Babbitt. It has been 610 days without justice for her. We haven't forgotten what happened to her, and we will be demanding answers. 
once there's a change in Washington, and I think there will be a big one. Hey, are you uh, anxious for Election Day, right? There's a lot of time left. There's Carrie Lake. Uh, Are you going to vote for her? Uh, I'm not endorsing one way or the other, but I really do like her. What I'm trying to say is this. um, There's a way you can get involved in all these campaigns if you want to. Donate money to the candidate of your choice. It doesn't have to be a lot of money. $5, $10. Carrie Lake, I'm sure, would appreciate it. Her opponent, too, whoever that is. Dr. Oz would appreciate it. You know, uh, the Senate, uh, that's got to be taken back by the Republicans. Uh, Could you imagine if Democrats retained control? It's just inconceivable to me after all the damage they have wrought. Uh, Lee Zeldin is running for governor here in New York. Just a couple of weeks ago, people were saying no chance, no chance. But they've taken a good look at Kathy Hochul and they've taken another look at Lee Zeldin. This guy wants to clean up the crime situation, which the Democrat won't even acknowledge. And then we have J.D. Vance in Ohio, a gifted guy, man, a venture capitalist, a Marine, one hell of a scholar. And I think the polls are, mm, I'm not buying any poll right now, quite frankly. They are designed to dispirit us, to discourage us. You got to, don't pay them too much mind. Get revved up, get fired up. And finally tonight, The queen is gone at the age of 96. This was a remarkable scene at Buckingham Palace. Look, as they all turned out, turn up the volume a little bit. What appeared? A double rainbow. Isn't that amazing? And we heard earlier from Franklin Graham telling us that his father, Billy, was such a good friend of the queen, and she was such an ally of the Christian church. That's all we have for now. Uh, Thank you so much for watching. We're very proud of what we're doing here. Spread the word if you can, and we'll see you tomorrow night.